Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. So glad you're here. My name's Jay. I'm the lead pastor, and we are thrilled you've chosen to worship with us on this Christmas Eve day. Don't, don't you just love this time of year? I'm not talking about, we don't love the weather, right? I mean, nobody loves negative 50-some below. So thank you for being here. If you're with us online, thank you for joining us as well. And so we are so thrilled. Uh, this is a great time of year. Some of it, I mean, it's a great time of year because for many of us, right, we get a little break, break from work. Students in the room, you get a little break, break from school, break from teachers, break from your classmates. And then we get to spend time as, as family, as friends. And, and before you know it, uh, let's just be honest, like in about a day or two, it's like, I need a break from my family. I need a break from you, and I'm ready to go back to work, and I'm ready to go back to school. And so we are glad. We are so glad you're here. Um, a little housekeeping uh, things, like when we, a lot of you came in, and you did not get a candle, and uh, we, we ran out quickly. And so when I, when I pray in a little bit, in just a few minutes, uh, maybe get up and, and snag a candle, and we'll, we'll, we'll do our candle lighting at the end of the service. So just want to let you know, if you didn't get a candle, they're in the back now. So let me pray, and then we're going to get, get started. So, Father, we love you. What a great, great time of worshiping who you are and what you have done, that you sent your one and only son, Jesus. And so would you bless this time, not just my words from your word, but would you bless the songs that we're singing and just this community, that we would sense your presence, your goodness, and your grace. And all God's people said, amen. Right, so Christmas, what I want to do, just take a few minutes and just kind of point us to the best gift ever. So Christmas is a, is a time of celebration, right? And so we're going to celebrate all types of things over the next couple days. But what I want to kind of draw our attention to is that the celebration of Christmas and this joyous, joyous event of Christmas, it looks a little bit different than the original Christmas, right? Tomorrow, you're going to, you're going to give and receive gifts, all right, and these gifts, every, almost every single one of them, like, they're going to be gifts that you want, right? At least most of them. There are some would be like, I, I did not ask for that gift. <laughs> but as a whole, I mean, these are gifts that you will want. And the reason I know you want them is because now we live in an age where it's like we make Christmas lists. It's like we want to make sure that our kids and our family and our friends, like, what do you like? What do you want? I'm not going to just guess, and so I know some of you, you're like, you're eagerly awaiting your Air Force Ones or your game or your gaming system. You can't wait, right, for that outfit or that appliance or that power tool, right? If these are gifts that you do want and you're excited for them. But here's where, like, here's where there is going to be a start. There's where there's going to be a shift, not just from the original Christmas, but even before we get there, here's the reality, is that for everyone in this room, actually no one expects that this Christmas is actually going to solve their biggest problem. Like, we come in and we come with problems, and we come with hardships, and we come with struggles. And I am almost certain that none of us in this room expects that Christmas is actually going to solve those biggest needs and those biggest problems. Meaning, unfortunately, no one, no one can give your loved one the cure for cancer or the health problems that you're going through. 
No one is going to be able to give you the, that positive pregnancy test that you're looking for. Right? Some of you, not, maybe you, maybe there's someone you're sitting next to and you know like, man, they are just struggling so much. No one is actually able to give them a new outlook on life. Like they're feeling so much darkness and so much despair and like it's like you would give anything, anything, if you could gift them joy and hope and light. And there's so much more. Right? So Christmas can't fix our biggest need. Our Christmas can't fix our, our, our greatest problems. But the original Christmas did. It did. And the original Christmas actually can still fix our biggest, our biggest problem. And for that, we can celebrate. Right? Today we get to celebrate, right? That God generously gave us the best gift possible. See, Jesus was born to do for you and me what we could not do on our own. Jesus was generously given to us to accomplish what we could never, ever accomplish by ourselves. And so Christmas is a celebration. It's a celebration of God's generosity to meet our needs, to meet our needs. And so I want to take us to kind of a, a, a text. If you don't have your Bible, no worry. If you do, your phone, you could go over to like a very, it's a very familiar kind of Christmas passage in the Old Testament. It's in the, it's in Isaiah. So it's an Old Testament prophecy. And here, like Isaiah is going to tell us exactly what actually every individual needs and how they're met actually in Jesus that Jesus came in generosity. So throughout the month of December, we've been looking at how, how did our king, how did our God come? How did Jesus come? And so we've looked that he came in humility. He came in pursuit, a loving pursuit. He came in obscurity. And today we look at, he's coming in generosity. And actually Isaiah shows us with great specifics, like the generosity that he came with. And so let's read Isaiah chapter 9, right? Let God's word just kind of land on you. He says, for us, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will certainly do this. And so this, this passage is, is good in so many ways. I, this passage has like two things that I kind of want to kind of tease out for us just really quickly. One, I mean, I want you to see it. This one is actually more explicit. When you look at Isaiah 9, we get to be, we're told, how is this child? How is this son? What is he going to look like? We're told of his great attributes. And it's not just any old son and any old child. This is a child who is God. It is the incarnate deity. 
And so we see, we're seeing his characteristics, we're seeing his character, we're seeing what he's like. But not just that, it actually shows us more implicitly, you have to kind of dig and kind of unearth, what is, why is he telling us what he is? He's showing us actually our greatest problem as well, and our deepest needs. You see, we all have needs, we do. And I want to encourage you that you're actually your deepest needs aren't probably your deepest needs. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, your biggest problem actually isn't horizontal. Your biggest problem is vertical. I, I tend to think my biggest problem, my biggest problem is horizontal. It's not horizontal. Right? Your biggest problem is not your finances. It's not your health. It's not your in-laws. It's not your marriage. Your biggest problem is not your kid or your workplace. I'm not saying those aren't problems. Those are problems, but they aren't your biggest problem. Right? Your biggest problem is vertical. And God tells us our biggest problem is actually sin. Sin is our biggest, biggest problem. Now, you, sin is a churchy word, right? right? That's not a word you use really outside of these walls too often. Right? Some of you here not, not coming to church very often, so glad you're here. want to keep encourage you. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Next year, come back. Right? But let me kind of define maybe sin in like a different way, even in the context of this passage. You could define sin as, as, as self-government, to which you're like, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. How about, how about self-ruling? Self-determination? That's a way of, of saying, like, sin. Ultimately, self-determination says, you know what? I'll be God. I'm going to determine what's right for me. Do what's right for me. Don't tell me how I ought to live. That's self-rule. That's self-government. That's sin. And that's a problem. We, we actually, we all do it, and we can't fix it. We can't fix it. And so Christmas actually is a reminder that God generously gave his son to rescue us from that self-government, that self-rule, and that from sin. Like Jesus was given to us to do what we could not do on our own. And so he came. And what do we see from Isaiah 9? For to us a child is born... To us a son is giving, given, and the government, the rule, shall be upon his shoulders. And so he's telling us something, that God came. He came in the flesh, and he did. He came to rule. He came to rule. To which, so he's saying, I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to determine what's right and what's wrong. To which, I don't know about you, that could cause us to say, I don't know if I like that very much. That makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. To which I would say, oh, not unless you see how he came. He shows us how he came. We get to see who he is and what he's like. And so let me see. Like, we get to behold him. And here's just a few, right? How did he come? Jesus came to be our deliverer. Right, he came, he came to, he didn't come as a tyrant. He didn't come as an evil despot. He didn't come as a dictator. He's like, I'm coming to deliver. 
I'm coming to rescue. Because we like, unfortunately, we like to think that our self-rule is what's best. And God's saying, I'm coming to rescue you because your self-rule actually isn't best. It's actually destructive. You will destroy yourself. And so I'm coming to actually rescue you from yourself. Right? For those of us parents in the room, we, we love our kids. I love, love our kids. But can you imagine, right, giving your child, I'm not talking about late, like late teens, right? We are, as parents, meant to walk along our side our kids, and eventually they, they are meant to live their lives. But can you imagine for your, like, younger kids, preteens, right, giving them the ability to self-rule, right? You're not going to speak into what they eat, what they drink, what they wear, what they do. How's that going to go for them? Right? Lord of the flies. Not going to go well. It would be destructive. And so Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm coming, and I will, I will deliver. I'll rescue. But it actually even gets more specific. Jesus also came to be our wonderful counselor. Right? Jesus came to bring counsel and insight. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Like we, we love and we appreciate consultants and counselors. A lot of us, I mean, we, we go to counselors. Why do we go to counselors and why do we hire consultants? Because when things are disarrayed and like, like disintegrated, they're able with their wisdom to kind of bring things back into alignment. We want insight when things don't make sense, when we're struggling. And so counselors actually do that. And so God in his grace and his mercy and his generosity saying, I am coming, I am coming, I'm going to bring wise counsel. I'm coming to bring insight. And not just counsel of like, here's the path that you should take, path that gives you a better way of life. But here's, here's words in a way that actually brings healing and hope, right? He wants to deliver us from our foolishness and our confusion and from our, from our heirs. And so we see, so Jesus came to deliver. He came to bring guidance and insight, right? He also came, Jesus came to be our mighty God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Mighty God. He is coming in such a way that he longs to be a source of power, right? You see, sin doesn't just make us like sin or self-rule, self-governing. It doesn't, it doesn't just cloud our judgment and, and make us do foolish things, right? It doesn't just, just uh, confuse us. Like sin actually renders us powerless. Sin can destroy our lives. We all know people people that we love who have wrecked their lives. Why? Because of their addictions, because of their habits, because of their hangups. And so Jesus was sent to defeat that which is enslaving us. And here's what I love about the goodness of God as we think about Christmas as a, like a yearly reminder to remember this incredible, generous gift is that we aren't just getting like a wisdom and a counsel. Like he says, I want to counsel you. I want to counsel you. I want to direct you. 
But what I love, he's saying, I want to give you the power, actually the power, to actually live it out. I want to give you power that will enable you to do what I'm calling you to do. It's not just an external thing. What I love is that we see later on in, in, the, in the scriptures is that the very presence of God is not external coming in. It's actually internal saying, I will help you and I will empower you. And so we have a deliverer. We have a counselor. We have a power source and strength. But does that mean that we still don't struggle? Does that mean that we still don't have hiccups? That we still don't mess up? Nope. We do. So what happens when we just continue to like, maybe we take steps back, one step forward, two steps back? Well, Jesus also came to be our everlasting father. He's our eternal care, right? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And his name shall be called Everlasting Father. Like he cares, like a loving parent. When we struggle, when we're hurt, when we're confused, when we do silly things, he's like a parent that loves to care. Some of you, you've had great parents. And when you've messed up, what do they do? They came right alongside you. And some of you, you had harder parents. And when you messed up, what did they do? They were really good at heaping guilt or shame. And I'm here to tell you, that's not our God. That's not how he responds. He is a loving parent. And so when we think about Christmas, it's not just thinking about all these other things about rescuing. We were meant to remember that Jesus came. Why? He was born actually to bring back people, lost people, into his loving family. We have countless families in our church that have adopted, right? Adoption is a beautiful picture of what God has done for us. We were lost, right? We were orphaned, and God in his mercy and grace brought us into his loving family. And as a loving family, we get his rights, his privileges, his inheritance. So Christmas reminds us of the family whose we are when we embrace him. And lastly, real quick, you know, Jesus came. Jesus came to be our prince of peace, our prince of peace. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Right? When, when we think peace, right, when... When I think peace, probably when you think peace, it's like, you know what we think? We think the absence of war. And, and that's true. That's true. But that's not, that's not the peace that, we're, that God is referring to. Right? Because we, we all know this. Just because there's not maybe a war out there doesn't mean there's actually real peace. Right? Just because there's no absence of war, that's a, almost like a shell of a peace at best. Some of you, you've grown up in homes where you, man, you did everything you possibly could to like maintain outward peace, but there was no inward peace. We do that in our homes. We do, sometimes it's with the, our workplace. You ever work, ever work with people like that where you always feel like you're on eggshells? How about friends, friend groups? 
where you feel like you can never say certain things because you're just doing everything you can just to maintain peace, and yet you don't feel that peace. The peace here is not just an absence of war. The peace here is the word shalom. And shalom means wholeness. And so God is promising wholeness, external and internal, right? It's a wholeness that permeates everything. So everything that was wrong is now being brought back together and made right again. It's a beautiful gift, right? That's what Jesus came to do. That's stuff that we can't do on our own. And so Christmas is just a constant yearly reminder, reminding me God sent his son so generously to do what you and I couldn't do for ourselves. We need this. We need it. And so Christmas, God generously given us his son for things that we need. We might not think that we want it. Part of that's because we're foolish. We don't actually know what we really need. And God says, I know what you need. And I'm, came, I'm coming, I'm coming to deliver it. I'm coming to bring it. Right, what a gift. You don't, it, it is a gift. It is a gift. You don't work for it. Right, as you, as your kids, some of your kids open up, like no assembly required for this gift. Right, no batteries needed. It's not gonna break. In fact, you don't, you don't need a warranty. You don't need a receipt. Jesus right here is reminding us, lastly, Jesus is reminding he came to be our forever faithful ruler. And you see that? You see it in verse 7. It says, of the increase of his government, right, his rule, his rule and peace, there's going to be no end. On the throne of David and of his kingdom, His kingdom is going to be with justice and with righteousness for this time forth and forevermore. Right? This is a gift that just keeps on giving. It's better than the Jelly of the Month Club, right? Right? What movie is that from? Christmas Vacation. All right. You guys got to watch something this week. All right? Meaning his faithfulness, his faithfulness is never, ever going to fade. And his faithfulness and generosity and his compassion and his justice and his righteousness are never, ever going to fail. It's just going to keep on giving and keep on giving. That's our God. And so we just get to behold him and just look at him and say, how marvelous is this gift? And I love the way that the prophet ends. I love the way he ends. He says these words. He says, the zeal of the Lord will do this, that God is zealous for this. He is going to ensure that it's going to happen. He who calls us, he is faithful, he will surely accomplish it. So it's a reminder that, you know what, it's like God never once was saying, you know what, I guess, I guess, I guess I'll come to deliver. I'll get, I guess I'll just keep, I'll keep giving them counsel and insight. I'll offer my power and my, and my like, I'll be a, a parent. He's never, ever begrudgingly doing that, ever. He is zealous to do it. Like he's on tippy toes waiting to be that for you and for me. 
That's what Christmas is celebrating. That's what Christmas is, is reminding us, that his compassions and his love, it never fails, ever. Right? That is not us. Our compassions wane, especially over holidays. I, I, I'd be curious, like, just, just keep a, a pulse on your compassion meter as you interact with family and friends over the next few days and see how it wanes. And just when it does, just remember, that's not our God. His compassion doesn't wane for me. It does not wane for me. It is constant. It is forever faithful. And so we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the original Christmas because it is a reminder for me, it is a reminder for you of what we could never do for ourselves. Isn't that good? It's good stuff. And so I'll end this way. You're going to open a lot of presents. You're going to open presents. Um, And again, you'll want them. But I want to encourage you, if you're here today, you've never, ever received Jesus. He's yours. He's offering himself like he's a gift. He's saying, I'll give you life. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll cleanse you. I'll give you a perfection you can never earn. And if you're wondering, like, how, how, do, how do I have it? How, do, how can I get in? To which I would say, just like Christmas, like when, some, when you hand a person a gift, what do they do? They don't say, what do I need to do? Do I need to, you know, do a couple laps? Do I need to, uh, do I need to, how high do you want me to jump? No, you don't do that. You say, it's just a gift. Receive it. God likewise says, I, I am giving you my son. In fact, the gospel of John says, to those who receive him, To those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So if you haven't trusted him today, oh, that you would trust him because he's the gift you need. You need him. Father in heaven, we are so blessed, so thankful. And as we continue to sing just carols of your goodness and your grace and the all the great things that you've given us, would you give us eyes, not just right now, but tonight and tomorrow and the rest of this week, just remembering that you came as a generous gift to do what we can never do for ourselves. Give us those eyes, I pray. And all God's people said, amen.